right, legends, welcome along the Hellmouth Hotline. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart, and happy Halloween. This episode will be out just in the mouth of Halloween. So, uh, yeah, finally you're getting a horror podcast around about Halloween. But, uh, yeah, Halloween ends as this episode. And, yeah, I don't think there's much middle ground in this movie. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. For me, there's a lot of good stuff in there. You know, a lot of good ideas. Like, the opening to the movie, I enjoyed the... The way that it showed the the impact of Michael Myers on the town and the psychological effect that it's had on people, that was a good idea. Um, but overall, where the film goes, not a huge fan of it. And uh, just judging by... The, the figures that I've been looking at online uh, It had a $105 million budget uh, No, sorry, it had a It grossed $105 million, Sorry, against a $33 million budget uh, Making it the lowest grossing of this, this trilogy of movies So, uh, for me, overall Not a big, big fan of this movie I kind of feel that, you know, I'll go through the plot of the film here in a minute, but the fact that Michael Myers isn't the the main focus as the villain in this movie kind of threw me off. And then the what you're waiting for in this whole film, of course, is the, the showdown between him and Laurie. It's the thing that you're waiting to see how this plays out. And for me... Yeah, I'll wait to the end before giving him full thoughts on that. But as far as the plot goes in this movie, it's Halloween night in 2019, and there's this guy, Corey Cunningham, and he's babysitting this young boy named Jeremy Allen, who's a little prankster torturing this guy's happiness. This Corey is a bit of a nerd, a bit of a geek, but like myself. Only I was never quite as bad as this guy Just getting walked over Multiple times throughout this movie Um, Yeah, so this little kid's pulling a prank on him Uh, He locks him inside the attic in the house But as Jeremy's parents come home Corey manages to kick the door open And accidentally knocks Jeremy over a staircase And the kid falls to his death Corey, of course, is arrested for Intentionally killing Jeremy, but is cleared of manslaughter with, uh, you know, ending up with him like been the outcast from pretty much everybody. So three years later, town of Haddonfield is still reeling from Michael Myers killing spree in 2018. Michael has vanished completely at this point. Uh, Laurie is writing a memoir and living with her granddaughter Alison and she's fairly upbeat in this movie a little bit more than you're expecting at the very beginning so that was a bit of a not off-putting but just kind of out of character for who she was in the prior two movies so you know she's maybe hiding a lot of stuff there but she's very laid back and easy going at the start of this movie um, yeah, so she's loving Falson. Corey is now working at his stepfather's 
salvage yard and on his way home he's accosted by some bullies from the high school uh, he, he gets injured in the process um, and observing Laurie sees this happening and she brings him to the doctor's office where Alison works so this is the the moment in the movie where you know Laurie should just keep her trap shut and way out of the road of it but she brings him in to the family essentially and you know takes him she doesn't realise she's done it but uh, he meets Alison at the the doctors and uh, this is where everything's kind of starts to go south for them Alison and Corey start to develop a relationship and later on in the movie they attend a Halloween party where Corey is confronted with Mrs. Alm, the mother of the kid that died at the beginning of the movie. So she, you know, gives him a hard time for, you know, how can you be out here having a good time after taking my son's life? And, you know, Corey leaves the party and ends up running into these bullies once again who start to knock him about and then, uh, knock him off a bridge and down below you know they freak out and make a run for it uh, down below the bridge he's dragged into the sewers and choked by Michael Michael Myers has been hiding here for the last couple of years but eventually lets Corey go which is completely out of character for him so as he crawls out Corey is threatened by a homeless man and in the struggle Corey ends up stabbing the man to death and flees. So, like the this guy had mentioned that you know people get dragged in there once in a while and whatnot. And in all honesty, um, I've talked about on this podcast before. If a film follows one guideline for me, um, not just enjoyment and whatnot, but if it can keep me off my smartphone, if it can keep me off social media, it's a damn good movie, but at this point in the film, I had already dropped on the social media a couple of times to check, you know, notifications and whatnot, so, yeah, that's definitely not one of these ones that's going to keep, keep you interested, well, it didn't keep me interested, but uh, having said that there, there are people out there that adore this movie, I get that, this is my own personal thoughts on it. So if you love it, there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't disagree with you in the slightest. You know, everybody will get something different from every movie that they watch. So uh, back to the movie. Uh, at a dinner date, Alison's ex-boyfriend starts harassing her, leading Corey to later lure him through the sewer to be killed by Michael. And it's like Michael hasn't fully recovered from his injuries and the prior movie but every time that he kills someone in this one he gets a boost of energy you know he starts to pick up you know so uh that's like a that's why he let Corey go was to bring him victims essentially um Allison has passed over for a promotion at work in favour of a nurse who is having an affair with the doctor uh Later that night, Corey kills the doctor at his home. My Michael kills that nurse. And unknown Allison plans 
to leave Haddonfield with uh, an insistent quarry because of his past trauma. Trauma! Trauma! There's a new word for you. Uh, while Laurie realises Corey is infected with Michael's evil, she's caught in Londay at this point. Laurie finds Corey sleeping in the spot where Jeremy died. You know, he gets into this house. It's, ba- it's abandoned by this point. The family have moved out because the son died there. The house has just fallen into ruin at this point. And he's come in and he's laid down on the floor where the kid had died at. Uh, so Laurie finds him there and offers to help him on the condition that he distances himself from Alison. And Corey, you know, gets at her blaming her for the events that have occurred in Haddonfield and says that he cannot have Alison. No one will. So uh, he returns back to the sewers where he successfully fights Michael for his mask. So uh, he gets a mask. Uh, he goes on a rampage, murdering the bullies after luring them into the salvage yard. Now this section of the movie was very, very well done. Uh, um, right, he starts killing these guys. One of who accidentally killed Corey's stepfather. He goes on to kill his own mother and a DJ at the local radio station who had taunted him earlier in the movie. He, at the Strode house, Laurie fakes a suicide attempt in order to lure, lure Corey to the house. Uh, yeah, she shoots him. He falls down the stairs. Corey then... Stab himself in the neck to free him, Laurie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird, messed up movie at this point. Uh, of course, he knows now that Laurie's going to blow the whistle on him and whatnot and destroy everything he's been trying to go for. Uh, so he stabs himself in the neck to free him, Laurie, for his death. Uh, just as Alison arrives at the house, who freaks out and leaves. Then, the moment we've all been waiting for, Michael suddenly arrives and gets his mask and kills Corey completely. A fight then starts in Laurie's kitchen and Laurie manages to pin Michael to the kitchen table and slit his throat. After that struggle, Alison convinced she's come back. Uh, She's convinced the truth behind Corey's death after receiving a call from Deputy Frank Hawkins. Uh, returns to help subdue and finally kill Michael by slicing his wrist. So the end of the movie is, you know, it's one of these things where, you know, you can, the main villain of these horror movies, you've got the old trope of, um, I actually just watched the last Scream movie there last night and there's a few times on it, you know, they go over the rules of surviving a horror movie and whatnot and, you know, at one point, if you don't shoot them in the head, they'll always come back. And that happens a couple of times in the movie, the reference, you know. If you don't finish them off properly, chances are he's going to come back again. So they make sure to do that in this movie. So Laurie and Allison take Michael's body to the salvage yard by police escort, which attracts the residents of Haddonfield. So there's a huge, huge line of people following them down the road 
with the body of Michael Myers and they dispose of it in an industrial shredder uh, after that uh, in the ensuing days Alison and Laurie reconcile and Alison leaves Haddonfield while Laurie finishes her memoir and rediscovers her romance with Hawkins so there's a but if I, there's a, finally there's a good happy end for Laurie in this movie. That's probably the only upside to it for me at this point. As I said, a lot of good ideas in this movie. Fairly well executed, like the uh, that sequence at the very beginning with residents uh, ending themselves and whatnot. And it's all it's almost as if the the madness of Michael has infected the whole town. That was a good element. Thought that was done well. Uh, of course, that progresses throughout the movie as well because you see these kids that were bullying Corey as well. They are, you know, it's it's, it's just a town of darkness at this point. There doesn't seem to be much good happening on it at all with any of the residents that you'll meet on it. But uh, for me, after Halloween Kills and that ending sequence where Michael goes off and one, they think they have him killed he gets up and he slaughters everybody around him, you know it's just I, th- I feel that they had the opportunity to take him to a higher level probably, you know, a higher level than he's been before in these movies with this movie uh, the the final showdown between him and Laurie was just a matter of a couple of minutes of even that. You're expecting far more, you know, far more of a back and forth between the two of them in that fight. But basically the whole movie happens. Michael uh, starts getting stronger with each kill, of course. But then he turns up at Laurie's house after been disappeared for two years nobody knows where he was at he shows up and like there's not much even shock in their reaction like oh there's Michael again and uh, they fight and a couple of minutes later they have him her and the granddaughter have him not just subdued but they have him murdered so really not the climactic fight that I was hoping for in this film but it is what it is, I suppose. But again, as I say, if you love this movie, you know, God bless. So, you know, that's pretty much it for the film right there. As far as any of the production notes that I've got my hands on, let me see. Uh, all right, of course, this was... Okay. Right, it's... John Carpenter described the film as a departure from its predecessors. That's a flippin' understatement if I've ever heard one. After being delayed by the pandemic principle for photography took place between January and March of 2022, with reshoots taking place in mid-2022, it premiered at Beyond Fest in L.A. on... October 11, 2022, was theatrically released in the United States. On October 14th, uh, the film started streaming 
and paid tiers of Peacock it received. Mixed reviews from critics who criticised its focus on the new character, Corey. I agree, 100%. Uh, again, you know, this movie should have been... You know, again, I like a lot of the ideas in this film, but it was too much of a departure. You know, they quite easily could have took the best ideas from what's in there and uh, forget the whole Corey thing and more or less concentrate on the final confrontation between these two characters. Uh, that's the whole point of this film, was to finish it off in this trilogy. And, you know, it's always been, for most fans, like the, the film has departed and done it. The film franchise, sorry, has departed and done all their things throughout the years. But when you think of Halloween, it's always Laurie versus Michael, you know. So I feel if they had to just concentrated it on that aspect a lot more, it would have been a much better movie. But for that, after all these years here, you've been told, you know, finally we're going to get a, a Halloween movie where Laurie and Michael are going to face off. He's finally going to get defeated for good. You're expecting a heck of a lot more, and you, you just you didn't get what you wanted really in this movie. Like again, that was just too quick at the end where they fought each other. Um, yeah, it's the critics generally deemed it as a disappointing conclusion to the trilogy. Yeah, so. Uh, Let's look up reception and see what it gets. Uh, it says here that it, is those numbers even accurate to the numbers that were at the top of this? I feel that something was just not right there. Let me see. The phone grossed 105 million. Uh, maybe that's worldwide. I'm not sure. This got down to... Uh, all right. 64.1 million at grossed in the United States and Canada and 41.3 million in all our territories for a worldwide total of 105.4 million lowest grossing of the trilogy. Uh, in the United States and Canada, Halloween Ends was projected to gross 50 to 60 million uh, on its opening weekend. The film made 20.4 million on its first day including 5.4 million from Thursday night previews, up 9% from kills. It went on to debut with a 40.1 million, top in the box office, but finished below projections. Blamed in part for the film's simultaneous release and streaming platform, Peacock. That's been a big thing since 2022. Or even 2021, like shortly after that and everything that happened in the world, of course, we started getting premieres at home as well. And in all fairness, I you know, I love movies on the big screen, but if I can get the option to, you know, get it on streaming on a release and sit in the house with the feet up, chances are I'm going to do that first. Uh, the film... Right, hold on, we jumped a wee bit there. Uh, the studio also reported the film was most popular among audiences aged between 18 and 34, with only 26% being 35 and older. 
the film dropped by 80% that second weekend, finishing fourth with 8 million. The 88% drop from the film's first Friday to second was a near record decrease and was credited to its day to date streaming release. The poor reception by critics and audiences. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it seems to be a pretty much a, a disappointment all around with nearly everybody that I'm looking at here, just in any of the reviews I can get online. But having said all that, if you enjoy this movie, you know, God bless, I'm in your corner. Like, if you come on to the, the comment here and say, I completely disagree with you, I absolutely adore this movie. I'm just like, you're right, 100%. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's uh, just opinions. You know, opinions are like arseholes. Everybody's got one. And this is mine. So that's going to do it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you hear any wheezing out of me at the moment, I'm trying to cut smoking again. And my lungs are trying to clean themselves out, so... I can hear a little whistle every once in a while. So if you've been picking it up, I do indeed apologise. So, until the next episode, guys, I hope you stay safe. And once again, happy Halloween. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.